Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to MAP Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. There we are live here with another Mass Sports Take brought to you by thedraftbible.com. We are here and we are doing a bonus Mass Sports Take today on a Friday pre, pre-playoff divisional round. We are lucky enough and fortunate enough to have Danny Welniak. Uh, there we go. Nicely Casey's done. Own, Casey's own former professional football player, women's professional football player, now sports uh Anchor, director, yeah. director. How, I mean, all sorts of titles know, you got over there. The <laughs> yeah, so we're fortunate that she was kind enough. She's a friend of the show's friend of Draft Bibles and Maverick Sports Consulting to come on, do this special Friday hit with us, talking all things Chiefs, AFC, NFC playoffs, some coaching stuff. We'll even get into a little bit of how much of a foodie she is at the end of this thing. So welcome, Danny. Appreciate you being here today. Absolutely. It's a blessing and an honor. And um, any chance to talk Chiefs, I usually I'm supposed to, you know, remain a little bit unbiased, but today the confidence is out. I put on the uh, Chiefs Super Bowl hat, so hopefully um, it brings some good mojo here in Kansas City. That's my goal. All about the mojo. All about the mojo, and make sure that when we get off, you text me or uh, hit me on a DM with your address because I will have to outfitted with proper maps. Now that you've been a, a guest <laughs> here on Mavs Sports Consulting, you're getting Mavs gear. We'll send that out. So Excellent. next time. We can get the, get you fitted and looking right. <laughs> I'll have some of that Mavs mojo then next time. Heck yeah, it's the best <laughs> mojo out there. Don't you know? It's the hottest thing going. They're flying off the shelf. Um, but first thing, let's just let's get right into your your you know your honey hole here. The Chiefs, you know, are they ready for this weekend? Are they ready for the Browns? Because last time, the same situation last year, they came out a little slow. They stumbled out of the gates before after halftime. They had mm-hmm. to make those corrections and go. What do you see different with the team this week, this preparation, and this year? That's actually been the message in each of the team meeting rooms is that they can't do what they did last year. Andy Reid does not want to be um, having a heart attack when they're down by double digits in three different postseason games. So he's told them, he's like, guys, I can't, I can't handle this. So you guys have to come out faster. And so that's been kind of the focal point, the goal to make sure that they're smarter, they're more intelligent. They are now they're well rested. I mean, it's been about two and a half weeks since the chief starters have actually played in a game because they treated that week 17 game against the chargers pretty much like a bye week and all the backups ended up playing in that game. So these guys are well rested. They're excited. Mahomes is just champing at the bit to get out there and play some postseason ball. He even told us that leading up to the divisional games or to the wild card games, rather he had all of the uh, playoff potential opponents broken down their defenses. He had been watching film on all of them. He had set aside notebooks that he had written on each of those four potential teams. And then as soon as they found out that the Browns were going to be their opponent, 
he he threw the other ones away. He took out the the Browns notebook and he made sure that he got a hold of his receivers. Um, he got a hold of the offensive line. He got a hold of his running backs and made sure that they all had these notebooks and were able to start game planning and preparing for this. So you're seeing a much more intelligent team, I think, a lot more experience now that they've been to the Super Bowl and they've been successful. And I think you're going to see an even smarter Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy to say because he's already doing outrageous things in the National Football League and changing the landscape of the quarterback position. But now he's even wiser. He's even smarter now as they try to what they call their motto, run it back. Well, what I, I'll run it back. I like that. That's a great motto. You know, as a man who's won three in a row in, a, in our uh, championships, I, I know how hard it is to repeat, but also, you know, eventually three-peat. What, what I just took from what you said, though, I'm, I'm really interested to see if they can be as focused and ready to, and chomping a bit to come out fast because it's hard. Like when It's like anything in life. If you're not doing it and you, you get out of your routine sometimes – you got to get snapped back into that routine, and that goes with play calling. It goes with you know different different things, and uh, and playing uh, football. I think is one of them. But I've been around players for eighteen years. You've been a player. Now you're right about. You've been around the locker room. You know sometimes you get a little mentally laxed, and then it's like, oh shoot, okay, okay, here we go. And you don't want to be like the Steelers last week, where they were down twenty eight nothing before their life started to snap back in, and they started coming back. Because I think Mahomes maybe took a slid all the other books aside after the first quarter there and was like, I'm going to start rooking on, on the Browns <laughs> book once he saw 28 to nothing right there. But let's take this game out of, out of the side. Let's say they win. Let's just, I don't, don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Don't want to jinx Ooh. your guys, okay. but let's just say they win. Uh, who would be the toughest opponent still in the playoffs? That, 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 so basically talking the other game, who's the team they don't want to face from the other game that they're, they're they are like, hey, I don't want to face them on our path to, to repeat. Yeah. Um, are we talking both AFC and NFC? Because first question is AFC. Second okay. question, we'll get to NFC. Start with AFC. Um, I, I both look forward to and would like to see the Ravens. I think, uh, the Lamar Jackson reigning Super Bowl or reigning league MVP versus, the reigning Super Bowl MVP and Patrick Mahomes would just be phenomenal, not only from like a ratings perspective, because I'm a TV person. And so you <laughs> love that. Um, but also because I just want to see if Lamar Jackson has the ability to overcome Andy Reid and the Chiefs defense. For some reason, Reid has the ability to slow down and stop running quarterbacks. It's just what he does really well because he basically created a lot of those the Michael Vicks the Donovan McNabbs the yep, now Patrick absolutely. Mahomes like he knows how to contain those guys and so I want to see if Lamar Jackson can overcome that hump and how he would play if there's a lot more at stake if it's the postseason and we were we were stripped of that last year because the Ravens were out in their first round and so I, I want to see that so badly um that that's kind of the matchup that I'm looking forward to from a fun kind of fan perspective, but also I think it's a really good matchup for the Chiefs because going back to my point, I think Reed just knows how to beat them. Well, let me ask you this question, a little sidebar here on my question seat. I'm going to go a little off topic, but I just saw the Ravens um, are starting to start their defense is starting a little thing, a hashtag win for wink, because they think they think Wink Martindale has been getting slotted, slighted from all these conversations as head coach. You know, he's a guy who's not even gotten one phone call, not one interview, nothing. And now, what the Texans did with the enemy to me was a complete diss. 
and that, and then and then putting in the slip afterwards is to me a complete debacle. Talks to their culture down there. Not going to try to get you on that one, but. Is this one where Mahomes and the offense wants to go put the smack it down and say, listen, we're winning one for Eric because of the of him not being seriously discussed. He's being discussed, but they don't feel that he's getting the respect he deserves for head coaching jobs. I think there's a little bit of that, but overall, I think they're really confident that he's going to end up with a head coaching job. And yeah, I do think that it was a slight for him to not be interviewed immediately by the Houston Texans. And now the Texans kind of trying to save face with their quarterback and all the stuff that's come out with Deshaun Watson. And now asking him for an interview when they're going to have to wait until the end of the chiefs postseason run before they can actually interview him. And they didn't take advantage of that bye week window. So that, that left a lot of us here in Kansas city, a little befuddled because he is such a leader of men and they will literally run through a wall for the enemy and just the interactions that I've had with him, both at the training complex and the locker room at games is that he is just, he has that perfect balance of aggressive passion. Like I'm going to get in your face if I need to, if I know that's your motivating force and that I'm going to be more of a dad, like calm, cool, and collected. Like, here's how we're going to do things. And he, he, he is that glue that keeps a lot of these guys together. And Andy Reed mentioned in one of his press conferences this week that he's one of the best leaders that he has ever coached with. And that's saying a lot because Andy Reid's coaching tree is extremely extensive. And of those guys, they've been successful. So I think that he has been slighted. He deserves to get a head coaching job. Um, but I also think that he's looking for that perfect fit. And I think that's one of the big things that sticks out to me is that it's not just from, you know, one side of things. I think that Andy Reid has told him and taught him, you need to go somewhere you're going to be successful, that you're wanted, that you fit into that scheme, that you can develop whomever you want, whether you want to go with a veteran quarterback or a young quarterback. And that's why I think the Texans are an interesting and perfect fit for him, whether the the social atmosphere is not very good or not, I think he has the opportunity to go in there and change that. And I also think that he fits really well with Deshaun Watson and being a young quarterback and being able to mold him and mend him. So I think that the the two worst teams in the NFL have found their guys. Um, and I don't think those were good fits for the enemy. So I'm hoping and praying that one of these other teams come through and that he ends up as a head coach. And uh, I do think that to go back to your original question, I do think it's a little bit of a motivating factor in these games. These postseason games are kind of uh, tape interviews for the enemy. Um, but I don't think it's the it's the only reason that they want to win these games. Hey, this is live, uncensored, unmuzzled. That's the way we do it, Mavs, right here. We go off script once in a while. <laughs> if you're in the chat, you're watching us live right now, please shoot a, shoot a uh, question into it for Danny, for myself. We'll answer it. That's why we're going live here on this Friday pre-football divisional round right weekend. We're so excited to have Danny Welniak on here, to, you know, director of sports in Kansas City, talking things Chiefs, talking things football, and just one of my favorite people to talk to in general. So, you know, let's go now. Let's go this. Let's take two steps forward. Okay. You get your wish. They went this weekend. You get your wish. They beat the, the Ravens. They're in the Super Bowl. NFC side. The four Ooh. left NFC sides. Who's the team they don't want to walk in into, into Tampa Bay and see there across the field going, 
okay, we got through this really hard AFC road, which I think is the harder division to walk through this year. I think all four of these teams still left are really good teams. But now we got to get through these guys to repeat. Who's who's the team that they don't want to see over there? I got to say it's the Packers. Just because Aaron Rodgers and what he's capable of doing is very similar to what Mahomes does. And Patrick has told us multiple times he compares his style of play to Rodgers. And kind of that off script, I can kind of go big whenever I need to or be really intelligent and pick up blitzes and make reads on the defense. Um, at a at, at a split second, and so um, I think those two teams are are probably the most interesting matchup that I wouldn't be able to say, oh yeah, the Chiefs are definitely going to win the Super Bowl if they face them. Um, I think New Orleans also presents a challenge, even though the Chiefs were able to to come out on top earlier this season. Um, because I don't think the Chiefs played their best ball, and I think that Drew Brees um, is going to be a different-looking quarterback if he does make it to the Super Bowl. He It was his first game back from injury um, when they did face off, and so I thought he looked a little rusty. I didn't think he looked great, and so that offense didn't perform to the caliber that we have seen him get his goat status based off of. So I think that could be interesting. Um, that defense is obviously very good. Both defenses are excellent. So um, for Mahomes and company to be able to overcome either of those teams, I think would be is going to be difficult. But I definitely think the Packers would scare me more than the Saints. Did you hear that, RIC? Did you hear that? She didn't say your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Sorry. get it in your head. No, no, no. This is just something the RIC <laughs> needs to understand. Is that the Tampa Bay is not the it's his favorite, not the favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. Just hey, pre- you know proving what? another point. Just proving another point for the RIC to soak it into his head. That's all we're doing here. If they do, <laughs> then Tom Brady is seriously like above and beyond GOAT status. We're going to have to come up with some other like acronym for him because if he can do it with both the Patriots and the Bucks, totally different level, y'all. Well, he might be Yahweh GOAT at that point. He might just be Yahweh GOAT. That's, just, <laughs> like that's that. the way it goes. <laughs> you know, you got to put a little halo over his head and some wings on the GOAT, and then there you go. Um, that, that all being said, let's go and turn our attention to – a little bit of these hirings. We touched a little bit on Eric with a, and then Wink Nugget. Who have you so far, which GM hire or head coach hire do you think have is a good hire so far? What's been your favorite or your best? I mean, you see guys come through Kansas City. I'm sure you have access to the players and the coaches. Mm-hmm. Who's one of the ones that you might be like, you know what? I really love this hire so far. You know, I think from an entertainment perspective, I really like the Urban Meyer hire. Um, in Jacksonville because oh, we are on opposite sides. Eh? I, you know, I know it's, it's fine. I, he's had the opportunity to go to the NFL before and why he's doing it now. I'm not quite sure, but um, I, I like seeing college coaches get their opportunity in the national football league and being able to see what they can do. So I was a big fan of the, the Matt rule hire. I know that a lot of people wanted to see the there in that position as well. Um, but I, I like that transition because it's very, entertaining to me whether it's actually like a good hire I, I don't know but I just think that jump is um a totally different level and if coaches can make that jump and handle these guys I mean going from leading college guys to leading professionals is just a totally different animal and so that's why I think that is maybe not the best hire but the most interesting to me 
Yeah, for me, I am on the opposite side of the fence. I might be talking myself out of a job here, but the, the Urban Meyer one is not my favorite because here's the reason. Urban has, he's, he's, to me, always won with superior athletes, superior draft, you know, stack teams. Let's call them stack teams. And in the NFL, you don't get stack teams. Now, this year, they're sure. in a unique situation with so many draft picks, and they're going to have a lot of kids on young contracts and doing it that way. Uh, plus, they have salary cap ability to go out and sign but if your contracts aren't structured right and you you don't have long-term vision on how to continually replenish and regroup each and every year the nfl way versus recruiting way like when you're recruiting pete carroll said at one time when i was at a, a pro day down there he's like guys i can have 17 blue chip athletes down here at once if, if they will come he's like in the nfl you're lucky to have two or three so, you know, it, he's like, I, I can have as many as I want here. And I think Urban has been a product of that kind of situation where he's always been able to out recruit people, draw them into their program. And then he has these great uh, teams, you know, and then when he leaves the teams, honestly, they weren't that good when he left and then they had to rebuild a little bit. So I'm a little bit different. I'm more, uh, you're more bullish on this one. I'm a little bit more bearish on that one. My favorite hire so far is obviously, I have to say it, I'm a defensive guy. Let's go Jets, baby. The, you know, the Salah <laughs> hit, I love it. I love that pick. I think Joe Douglas up there to me, I was so excited for him to stay because he's a great evaluator. He's a great person. He, his draft last year when he had the full uh, amp gambit of running the draft and everything, they did a really, really good job. And so adding this coach to him and then the coach is rumored to be bringing uh, Mike LaFleur, you know, the head coach of Wisconsin, uh, uh, Green Bay Packers' younger brother as offensive coordinator, which, mm -hmm. again, I was asked about a month ago if Sam Donald were to get traded, what would be a good scheme for Sam Donald to go to? And I said San Francisco because that's a great scheme for him and his skill set. Now, yeah, well, now I'm just like, now they might be keeping Sam Donald even with the second in it. And again, they because they did this move, they found a coach and a system on the offense that can, they can pair with them and it would fit this, this, this uh, personnel. So I was, I'm super jazzed about seeing that. Plus I love the head coach. Let's talk about this head coach. You're talking about the first Muslim head coach ever in the NFL. You're talking about a, a family man whose wife is due with his seventh kid coming up this year. He's a passionate blue collar. I mean, he's reached just jets, jets, jets. And in an era where we have nothing but all these young buck, young gun, uh, you know, head coaches coming from offense. Now look at the NFC or AFC East. You got Bilicek. You got the uh, the kid, the guy down in Miami whose name's eluding me. That's a defensive guy. You have uh, this guy, and then you have um, uh, the Bills, McDermott. So you mm -hmm. got four defensive coaches now in the AFC East. So you know, Chris uh, Richard, Richard. So that's the guy down there in uh, Miami. But that being said, I just love what the AFC East is doing. They were at the bottom. They're like, "Hey, we need to get tougher. We're all going defense, baby. We're getting defensive head coaches. We're getting young quarterbacks, and we're going to make a run at this." So I think that's a great one. I think they can fix the offensive issues with him and who he's bringing over. So it, those that's the football questions. So now the most important question. Most important question. What's your go-to playoff football food? Oh. What's gonna be what's gonna be on your plate tomorrow? Not not even a question. Okay. So <laughs> I I'm kind of a superstitious person. And um throughout the Chiefs, this Chiefs season, I have got chocolate milkshakes for all of my sports department and on game days. And every time that I brought those in, the Chiefs won. 
the one game that they didn't win to the Raiders with the starters in the the backups don't count. That second loss doesn't really count in my mind. Kansas City, <laughs> but the only one that they lost. I had a child, and so I was in the hospital and couldn't uh, bring them chocolate shakes. So I think that that's probably going to have to happen again on Sunday. And pizza. I'm all about the pizza. When we went to Miami last year, I ate pizza just about at every place you possibly could. So I am now a Miami pizza connoisseur. What is your, what's your toppings? What's the topping of the pizza? Oh, I'm very simple. I love Italian sausage and... um, Sometimes if you want to get a little bit crazy, you know, you can put some pepperonis on there too and maybe some onions, maybe some black olives, but just just straight Italian sausage, cheese, that is all I want. Oh my god, I'm a woman after my own heart, obviously, <laughs> Italian guy, Italian sausages, let's go. Let's yes. go. Get it, get it get it going, but I, I do. <laughs> when I go sausage, I do a little black olives and green bell pepper. I like yeah. the green pepper. I think that's a good combination to mix when I go with the with that. Now, I do want to open this up to you. Is there anything that's been pressing, hitting in the news that you want to ask me or our listeners to chime in about while we're on the air here? We got about another, you know, five, 10 minutes with you. I want to know the perspective from like everyone that's not here in Kansas City. We are so biased here in KC that I think a lot of times, just a little (laughs) bit, obviously, as I'm, you know, rocking the, the Chiefs hat, but we think Mahomes deserves to be the MVP. Who should be the MVP this year? Does Aaron Rodgers deserve to be the MVP? Is there someone else that you guys are like, Mahomes does not deserve the MVP this year? You know, at the beginning of the year, like the first nine weeks, I would have said Russell Wilson because Russell was just playing out of his out of his mind and then something happened to the offense i don't know what happened there because the bottom fell out and then all of a sudden the defense picked up and they could start they were winning some good games right close but they couldn't score any points but russ was cooking like some great meals you know his pizza pies were coming out hot and you know so (laughs) it was great um that being said i think my take and what we're seeing a lot of is really the uh um josh allen Josh Allen, the way he's got that team playing, um, has a lot of votes, I think, for MVP and Aaron Rodgers with Pat. I think that's the three-horse race right there. Aaron Rodgers might ultimately end up getting it if he winds up getting his team, obviously, to to the Super Bowl, even if he's playing Pat in the Super Bowl. Because Aaron, I mean, what he's doing, if you take Aaron off that team, they're not even close. They're not even close. Now, can we say the same thing about Pat? Yeah, but here's the thing with the, the Chiefs. What what the the front office is done there. They've they've reloaded the, the offense. You know, they got two good running backs there now. They have receivers. They have a defense that's hunting. They're getting upfield and getting after quarterbacks. So you have a really good team. You look in Green Bay, if they don't have 12 pulling the trigger, I don't know if they even make the playoffs. And that's the, I think that's going to push them over the edge. And again, with Josh Allen, it's similar. Like that kid, what he's doing up there in Buffalo, you know, they have good defense and things. But if he's not running the ball and throwing the ball that way he's throwing, I don't even know if that team makes the playoffs. So, you know, I, I think this is the three-hole race, whoever gets their team further. And again, if Pat, if it's Pat and, uh, and Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl, I think Aaron's going to get, because of age, mm-hmm. Aaron's going to get the nudge this year. Because we know, I mean, Pat just signed a 10-year deal, so we know he's going to win more league MVPs. That's not even a question. But Aaron, you know, he might have one or two even seasons left in him. So I think he might get the nudge on an ageism type thing there. 
Yeah, he's our half billion dollar man here in Kansas City, and it's well, didn't kinda, he just buy into the Royals too yes. with that half yeah, billion he's dollars? Yeah, part owner. He he is now engaged. They're ha- they have a kid on the way. I mean, like twenty twenty was so good to Mahomes. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the world were like, uh, "Is it over yet? Over yeah. yet?" Okay, he's like, <laughs> "Let it rain. Keep it coming." Like, yeah, let's 2020, go. Twenty twenty. I hope twenty twenty one's just as good. Like, yeah, oh my exactly. gosh. Like, yeah. like what did you call it? Run it back. Uh, that's why he wants to run 2020 back he became a half a billion dollar man engaged and now got a baby on the way so yeah he he wants to run 2020 back um what's one thing that you find in in sports that we're we're tackling well or we're starting between 2019 2020 and going into 2021 what's something that we we're starting to see a trend a movement maybe starting to be turned and tackled the right way though more work more work has to continue what's something you can maybe give a that a boy to Well, I definitely am a little bit biased being a former uh, professional football player and wanting to see more women in not only the National Football League, but just in football in general. Um, I love being able to see Sarah Fuller, even though she was a soccer star, being able to go out there and be the first woman in a Division I college uniform to kick for them. I thought that was really cool out of Vanderbilt. Um, And then obviously seeing such strides with uh, women in coaching. A good friend of mine is Katie Sowers, who was with the 49ers. And now she's going to go on to the next chapter of her life. Not sure what that looks like, but I think it'll be very interesting. And then um, just seeing all the all the levels of women in the NFL, whether it's officials or coaches or um, at some point trying to, you know, get in there and maybe maybe be a, you know, a a player would be really cool. But I think the strides that women have been able to make in the sport of football, 2020 definitely was good from that perspective. And we saw our first um, baseball GM being named as a woman baseball GM. I think it's at the the devil race. Yeah. Got got their first GM. Do you feel that the, the passion for football and the love for football uh, will, will allow a woman to take that position for for the NFL in the coming years? Yeah, absolutely. I think just from some of the strides that I've seen uh, behind the scenes with Katie and just how a lot of the, the coaching staffs and um, even the personnel side of things, I do think there's plenty of opportunities for women to be able to get to that role. I think that they have to put in the time, though. So I think that the, uh, the Rays new general manager has been with the organization for a long time, and she has that passion for baseball. I think that now that football is incorporating women more, I think that that will become more of a prevalent thing and we'll start to see that here, hopefully in the next decade. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's some great opportunities. We had a, a guest on the show uh, who works for the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, and she's Catherine uh, is a good friend of mine, and she was in the CFL as an assistant GM. Now she's working for the Eagles, so I'm rooting for her. I see you got to go. I hear yes, you got to go. I was going to say, I, know. I am so sorry. No, 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 no. 25 good minutes. <laughs> you got it. We're, we're, we're solid. We're in the can. We love it. We hope to have you back, Danny. Thank you so much. All and right. good luck this weekend and, and with the run with the Chiefs and everything you got going in your life. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Hopefully we get a chance to do this again very, very soon. Always a blessing and a blast. Yes, we will. Take care, Danny. Appreciate you. That was Danny Welniak of the Kansas City uh, KCTV anchor and reporter. This is David Turner for Mass Sports Take. Thanks for coming on bonus section. Joe, behind the scenes, you're the best. Cut us out, baby. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media. Share your thoughts on today's episode. 
and tell us what we should take on next time on Mavs Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit mavericksportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mavs Sports Take. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.